there's someone you should meet. Welcome in, friends. I am happy happy you're listening today because there is someone you should meet. My guest today has had a bit of a eventful summer, if I may say. Uh, it began with the release of uh, one of his singles, uh, a Super Mario homage, uh, Princess Peach, uh, next. And most importantly, in my opinion, he celebrated four years of marriage to the lovely Bethany. Um, and then to cap off the season, he reached an epic milestone of 100 million. That's right. I said million streams on Spotify. Oh, and by the way, he has a new single out now that you can listen to called lay it all on me but for me though my guest's greatest contribution came several years ago when he introduced me to my current hairstylist that i still go to um to this day (laughs) shout out to sabelle hope you're hope you're well ladies and gentlemen please welcome mr johnny stimpson yeah oh that was great man i love that (laughs) Uh, makes the summer feel even more like whoa that was a good summer that was a great one (laughs) i know yeah i was uh yeah i was going through it and i saw the dates i was like man this was this was in just this past month or in june and in may so yeah it has been eventful (laughs) um for you just how how has that been for you just for kind of these these huge huge milestones and big big releases um, just kind of how's that experience been for you? Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for, you know, caring enough to notice and, and seeing those things. <laughs> Sometimes it's like big milestones for me um, can like, I feel like there's an important thing when you're trying to be kind of an independent artist of any kind, not just musician, but anybody who's sort of like a self-employed creative person that when you hit a milestone or something like that, it's important to like notice them and celebrate them and not to like maybe let them feed your ego too much, but to notice like, Hey, when good things happen, I'm going to put my eyes on it for a second and say, wow, that's look at where I've come since high school or whatever. But um, I think it's mainly because it's a lot of ups and downs and this industry and just like, I don't know, just kind of the uh, sole effort that goes into trying to make creative stuff every day and stay on the ball. So that's a long winded way of saying like, it's been really exciting to celebrate those. And I don't know how much, they matter, you know, to, from an outside perspective, but for me, like getting to a hundred million streams, like, man, I wish I could go back and tell high school version of myself, like, dude, just keep practicing the chords, like stay the course because people are going to actually listen to the songs that you write. And, um, for sure. Like I have a lot of aspirations beyond that. Like I want to just reach as many people as I can and write the best stuff and be the best artist that I can be. But it's been pretty cool summer. And even just seeing, like you said, like Bethany and I've been married for four years and just kind of crossing that path. And we also bought a house this summer and mm-hmm. that's been a big kind of life change. We've been in an apartment since we got married and I've been annoying my neighbors for a long time. And uh, seems like a significant uh, couple months of just like taking a pause. Actually, in the songs that I'm writing right now are all very reflective about like, wow, it's funny how quickly time seems to pass. And um, I, we don't have any kids right now, but I can imagine that speeds up times 10 whenever you start to have a family in that way but it's been a fast last 10 years it feels like and especially the last four being married to bethany it's been wild yeah i could i could only imagine yeah you're in a house you're in a house of your own now you've been working in the apartment yeah how's the how's the studio set up now you have just oh like a man studio and you don't have to think about 
tenants next to it's it. It's so great. Yeah, sometimes like at night, it'll be one in the morning because Bethany and I stay up pretty late and we're watching shows and I can jam on my piano if I'm feeling creative in the evenings. And I got a drum set. I don't know if you can see it back there. Can you see that? I don't know if yes, that appears in podcast form. But yeah, I kind of, I'm getting stuff set up. There's some guitars over there. and Man, what a blessing. I, I have to say that like at our apartment for the last like year or so, I had the coolest downstairs neighbor. He's a guy named Alex. He's actually, Alex Jalbert is his name. He's a yoga teacher in Dallas. And I've taken some yoga from him and he would teach out of the studio that was directly below my studio. And he would jam loud music when he's teaching. And then I would jam loud music whenever he finished. And I, I gotta say, what a blessing it was to have kind neighbors. I didn't always have people that were like, psyched about my music everyone it was a little different when people would move in and out but man it's such a relief to be able to work anytime here in the house it's it's been awesome <laughs> yeah definitely so does does yeah. spotify uh when you reach a milestone like that the spotify like i know like youtube i think will send something if you reach a certain, yeah. a certain spot does spotify do something like that or did you just you know down one they day? might they might do that but i guess with like the uh growth that's been crazy that we've seen them just the streaming market in general, but like how much of the market share actually uses Spotify. I don't know that it's that unique to get uh, that milestone. So they're not like sending me any plaques or anything. It's mainly like I checked the website and I was like, whoa, it's at 99 million or something. And then I checked it again, like a week later. And I was like, I can't believe we crossed over. But yeah, YouTube, uh, I think they send you like a little thing. I got a hundred thousand subscribers and I think they're going to send some kind of little plaque deal. And I'm like, I will put that on the wall. That's cool to me that's so awesome. neat <laughs> awesome well i think i have a little like yeah. uh plaque and trophy store like nearby in our neighborhood so i'll i'll make a little we're celebrating but it, <laughs> thanks man thank you it is kind of one of those numbers like 100 million is in the inconceivable category of like i don't understand what even a million means you know versus like i can visualize like a hundred of something and a hundred yeah. million is just like a strange thing to think about like wow this really has gone beyond for sure like what I thought it might reach and I, I was hopeful like I always thought this is worth pursuing but it just seems like it's grown quite a bit especially in the last like year or so it's been wild yeah I bet it's hard to imagine you know a number like that like I could understand when like when you're starting out or like setting your goals I'm yeah. sure that's not like I want to reach this many yeah. or something like that i guess for you what yeah. is what is like your personal measure of success like in what you create man what a great question i think it for me personally it has much more to do with how i perceive like the quality and the intention of like the songwriting and the creation of the music and, and i think over time you know i've been making music for a while now it feels like and i think that I have a, a little better gauge than I did maybe 10 years ago of how much I love a song that I've written, you know, and how much I, I feel like the effort lately has just been write my favorite songs, write the song that like I really want to hear from like, say, my favorite artist or something like that. And so I think the measure of success for me has come a few times along the way of like, just feeling very satisfied with like, I wrote this song that's totally wrapped up and I feel super confident and it doesn't even to me it doesn't even matter if it gets like on the right playlists or in front of the right people it's like I think I successfully created something beautiful and uh, that's not to say that there's not tons of room from growth and like I want to write better songs tomorrow kind of thing but that's been a focus of mine lately because I think to be honest like and just to get into it like talking about Spotify numbers and stuff like that has been a real um 
funny relationship for me because it's so matters. Like it, you have to kind of keep track of like, oh, wow, this song is bubbling up right now. We were, I was texting with my manager this morning. We have a song that's like charting in Brazil. And it's important to note because I have to send that to my agents and, you know, try to sort of look for opportunities there and to be aware of it. But for me, kind of, oh man, my, sorry, my phone is like vibrating. I thought I put it on do not disturb. Mode. <laughs> um, I put the reminders in my phone, you know, like, so all day long, it's like, tell me what to do. <laughs> but I think that watching those numbers on Spotify, particularly the one that's like how many monthly listeners you have, like, I don't know if you've ever seen the inner workings of like what you see as a musician on Spotify. Like you can go to this website, artists.spotify.com and you can see like your stats and every day you kind of see that like monthly listeners either go up or going a little bit down. And there was a point probably like three years ago, maybe four years ago now where I was just checking it. I still check like that site pretty much every day, like to be aware if something's bubbling up or something, but Mm -hmm. I was checking every morning and I was starting to realize, oh man, I'm feeling my mood kind of sway with those numbers. If it's gone down, feeling a little bit discouraged that day or that week, you know, and um, I kind of had a really big look in inward at myself and kind of decided like, you know, I need to remember that like that number it's crazy for me to think that that's part of my identity or my worth, you know? And so it was kind of a big, um, I think, turning point for me where I was looking at that and sort of basing my own worth and success, like you're asking on like a singular number, which doesn't even encompass like all of the stats that are relevant to being a musician and like sort of fiscal terms of like, how much are you earning? How much are you able to provide for family? It's just one single metric. And I was basing so much on that. And so now I've tried to really make a conscious effort to try to measure success or something in sort of different terms. Although I I will say like, I'm so thankful and seeing the listeners grow. Like now I check that number and it's just grown so much. And and to me, it reminds me that like personally, like my identity in the big wrestling match that was happening there is my identity comes from Christ and Jesus. And I believe that he's put me here to make music, at least for this part of my life. And so I need to kind of remind myself that like there's a job to do and that's to make songs that can maybe bring hope to people and uplift people. And it's way more important to think of success in those terms of like, am I writing toward that goal? Am I trying to like serve God well in the life that I lead rather than being like, how many monthly listeners do I have? And like, (laughs) do people think I'm cool because I have that kind of accolade or something? So that's a really long-winded answer to a pretty simple question, but it's been a complicated uh, topic in my own head, you know? Yeah, that's cool. I, yeah, I can imagine just kind of that, that process and journey for you. Yeah, you can't, like, yeah. it's probably, it's a part of, it's part of your job now, I guess, to, yeah, like you're yeah. kind of saying, to track those things and being kind of have a pulse, you know, on where both where your listeners and where your music is at. So, yeah. so it's something that, you can't like you can't just outright ignore or avoid to right. you know to focus on um, totally yourself you know but you also can't go too far and be like yeah yeah make right. kind of what it's all what it's all about so uh, yeah yeah and I, I kind of like, like realize that's the best way to put it <laughs> yeah totally because you don't necessarily realize you're in the wrestling match or for me personally I didn't realize that that had been tied to like my emotion of the day or something like that and it was sort of a strange realization to be like oh wow something has trivial as this one little number can like super affect my mindset and so um it's been helpful to kind of like face that head on and try to deal with it and and be you know exactly in that balance of 
using it from its useful state. I can't ignore it, but also not worrying too much on the days that it's not trending up every day, you know? <laughs> right. Are you able to at yeah. least take solace that, uh, that one of your song that, that your music is featured on a Spotify curated playlist called Makeout Jams? Is oh, that- very, very <laughs> proud of having that. <laughs> I, I think that's actually so funny. There's, I think there's two songs on that playlist right now. And, I'm like, and there's been another one that was on there for like years that was <laughs> on there before. And then they kind of all went off and few went back on. And I was like, I don't know who's like helping me out over there at Spotify, but a lot of people are making out to these songs. <laughs> <laughs> Is that something you get? Do you get like an email notification or something of like your song just got added here? Or Yeah, yeah, right? you do. <laughs> and that's always an exciting one because like getting on a spotify playlist is a big deal and i still don't know like i've talked to our other artists a lot and they're like have you gotten on this playlist and i don't know how it really happens you know you can kind of submit to their team but it's like i can't remember what it is something like forty thousand songs a day get submitted or something like that so it's yeah. kind of hard to cut through but when you see that email and, just, and seeing it on makeout jams i was like nice there was a girl <laughs> i played this thing in nashville last week and this girl um was saying something about my song hallelujah and she has it on her like favorite worship playlist and she and her husband like i know her husband a little bit he's a musician and uh, they just got married and she said something about she's like i just love your song hallelujah like it's such just came from this worshipful place and i love singing along to it and also we noticed a couple of your songs on makeout jams and i was like oh you guys been doing a bit of making out Uh, that's, that's it that's incredible i love it um, yeah, man. um well we're talking about kind of how things are going going now for you um i want to rewind yeah. um a little bit kind of back to the beginning uh, so an in- inside source who may or may not be related to you uh <laughs> he, he informed me that when it comes to uh, the entirety of the the stimson clan all the of the of the family tree if you will yeah um he mentioned that your family in particular, y'all have basically sucked up all the artistic and creative <laughs> genes, and oh, it's man. all just with it within your with your family. Um, uh, hearing awesome. hearing that from that source, uh, I just wanted to ask. I guess grow, growing up, I guess with an artistic fan artistic family uh i know yeah. for, um i know your sister is an incredible artist i've gotten to wit- witness that yeah. uh firsthand oh, cool. but do you draw uh, like growing up i guess in the music that you uh, create right now or throughout your career um was there anything from childhood or growing up in kind of that type of environment that kind of inspired how you work today or what you create man so much of it and i've been thinking about that lately because you know bethany and i like i said earlier we don't have kids yet but i've been kind of thinking about like what that world might be like and like what kind of parent would I want to be someday and that's just crossed my mind quite a bit especially my younger sister had a baby and just been in my mind and I think a lot about how my parents just encouraged us in those creative endeavors and also like that's so funny Chris is he's totally wrong that guy is so creative in his own (laughs) right and just there our whole family is just like a really special bunch but they will often like in that loving way like tease us about that because my sisters man I have three younger sisters and they are just so incredible each of them is so awesome and they're creative in their own right too like my closest in age sister Sarah she's a painter like you said and Joy she was like an all-state flute player and then Mary it's it is crazy my youngest sister Mary plays the guitar like I I don't know how I can't even describe like how she can play and sing these things and she could do it in high school that like I couldn't do until I was 
25 or something like that. Like she just has a head start on all of us. We call her Stimson 4.0. Cause she's just like, she's a, the top notch level Stimson. <laughs> but I will say about my kind of like the upbringing and everything, like my parents were so cool about not pushing us to like, you have to do band or you have to do a music thing or sport or something like that. But more like there was a couple of times when they encouraged us, Hey, maybe try a year of this, or let's do, let's start piano lessons. Like we all started piano lessons and we all did not like it. <laughs> My sisters and I, and we did it for maybe six months. That's being pretty generous. Like just didn't like it. But I think as each of us started to show an interest in anything creative or anything just in life, my parents were so supportive and just interested with us in that. And I think my dad especially was excited, you know, when I was starting to like, I want to have a band. And I was asking him, how do I, I remember I learned Sweet Home Alabama. He told me how to play that on the guitar when I first got a guitar. Um, But then as I kind of took more of an interest in music, my dad is just a really musical guy. Mom is too. She was like, in the all state band and everything too. But um, my dad can play by ear. He can do this thing where you like hear a song on the radio and then sit at the piano and just play it immediately or the guitar he can play like all the instruments. And I think when I started, started showing an interest in that he was pumped and it's just some of my favorite memories so far in my life with my dad are sitting down like in high school, we went through kind of almost the whole Beatles catalog. Cause I was like obsessed with the Beatles and there's just a lot of like, rule breaking the Beatles did in music theory and a lot of rule following. So it was like a great tool to sit down and my dad could hear it all and show me like, okay, this is how the chords work in this song. And this chord likes to fall down the discord. And um, we just went through all those songs. And at the same time, I was starting to write songs for a band. And it was just a really neat way to grow up because I never felt pushed into like, you have to be in band or you have to do this thing. But when I was interested, they were just all about it. It was pretty cool. Even yesterday I had lunch with my mom and dad and they're just so encouraging about me pursuing this dream. I know there's probably a lot, even my parents-in-law, Bethany's parents, I can't imagine what it would be like to have some guy ask you. I remember sitting at the burger place asking them like, Hey, I I love your daughter. I want to marry her. It might be a funny feeling to be like, okay, this guy is like a musician. I hope. And he (laughs) says he's going to be that professionally. Like, I hope that this works works out and he can help take care of that family and it's been so cool how supportive everybody around me has been and um yeah I just feel really blessed because I know quite a few friends that are also creative and just insanely talented but maybe didn't have that same type of encouragement and that's been a big battle like my parents were not into this that'll be really hard to fight against I crave their approval I want to be you know doing the right by them and because they've worked hard for give me a good life so it's been really neat and rare I think to have that encouragement coming from from all sides it's been awesome and of course when your cousins tell you you're sucking up all the talent you know (laughs) you have to be like well I better make something out of this I don't know (laughs) Uh, not too much pressure I hope (laughs) Uh, when you uh so when you like go back to see to see family or hang out with family are y'all bringing instruments out, playing, playing together, or is it kind of, I'm I'm unplugged in and uh, just recharge right now. Our main place, like, so my, my parents have a little place at the lake and we go out there as, as a family. And just as like time has passed and we've, some of us have gotten married and have families and it's just a bigger group of people, but my dad has a piano and some guitars down there. And it's like, without fail, every time anybody in the family is down there, we're just jamming plenty of songs. Mary, my youngest sister and I, we were playing a lot of Casey Musgraves songs the last time. And Dad and I like can't be around each other without 
showing each other a cool chord. Yesterday I was at the house and I was playing piano with him. Like it, it's an every time we hang kind of thing pretty much. Mm-hmm. Uh, you brought, <laughs> so you brought up the moment of talking to Bethany's parents and it was funny yeah. you brought that up because yeah, it kind of makes you think, I think like the stereotype that you see in TV shows or uh, yeah. movies is like if someone says like, oh yeah, I'm a, I'm in a band or <laughs> musician. It's, it's like, kinda, oh, it, it, yeah, it brings, it brings concern. <laughs> uh, but I guess when like, at the start of your career and trying to build, try to build something and you're pursuing the stream. Yeah. Do you have, do you have a moment or an instance where you, where you notice that, you know, things are starting to take, take off for you or things yeah. are starting to kind of gain, like gain traction and you're building momentum. You know, that's such a good question because I think there's been like, I think I'm doing this hand motion a lot because it feels like the roller coaster, but there's definitely been a couple moments where it's like, Oh, I think, this might be about to take off a little more. And, and to be honest, like right now at this moment seems like the most momentum. And, and for the first time I can sort of feel like what I've understood and heard a million industry people tell me is like, you need a fan base. Cause I think I, along the way, I've had a, quite a few moments where like a certain song might be bubbling up or something, but people might know that from Makeout Jam's playlist or <laughs> somebody played it on a radio show or whatever. And a lot of times those kind of can wane a little bit. And just in this past like year, I've just started to see more people that are looking forward to like the new song that I'm about to come out with. And that makes me feel like, oh, there's actually like a small group of real deal fans around the world that are like into my music. And I can kind of feel the momentum picking up, which is why I'm like just praying that COVID stuff will be over soon because I want to go sing these new songs for, for people. But to be a little more specific, there's been a couple moments like one right after college, I noticed like part of the way that I've been able to sustain and, and earn a living doing music is my songs get placed in like TV shows and, you know, ads and commercials and stuff like that sometimes. And um, even before, like, you know, my cousin, Chris, that's like his job. He helps facilitate those kinds of things. Um, but even before he was in that business, I had signed on with this little company after college, I was writing these ukulele, just little happy songs. And I thought my manager at the time was like, these might work in like a car commercial. They're kind of cutesy, uplifting. And so we asked a couple companies that do that. And one um, was especially like well established and I got some great references. And so I signed on with them. And it was like, this was the mystery phase when like I hadn't earned a dime at all doing any music. And and I wasn't sure exactly how am I going to make a living. And I think like a week after I signed with them, um, they got, came back with like a uh, water bottle commercial in Ukraine that like was actually some real bucks and probably sustained me for like a year or something like that after it. But wow. to sort of see like a, a deposit happen and like, oh, wow, I created this thing and somebody wants to pay money to use it in an advertisement. I was like, that might be a lane that I could, I need to consider. And thankfully, like for years that, that helped sustain while I've just been able to um, sharpen my craft a little bit until now where I feel like there's a lot of different um, opportunities for income and that kind of thing is like the fan base grows and everything. But that was a real turning point when I saw that. And I was like a water bottle commercial in Ukraine. Like I couldn't believe that they would pay money for that or that that was even an industry. And so that was a big turning point. Um, at one point I met Elton John and I signed to his label and that was kind of um, a solidifying moment. I think partially for me, like it was a huge moment for me personally, just to meet a hero like that, um, to be working together with his team. But also I think it helped maybe some of my um, 
not immediate family that were a little bit like, how, how long is Johnny going to do this thing? I think when I signed to Elton John's thing, they're like, oh, maybe he's legit. Maybe I should check out his songs. And um, I don't know that I was particularly legit. I think it's been definitely a journey and just like learning how to sharpen my skill set and even like how to sing better and how to write better songs. And so along the way, there's just been a couple of those moments that make you feel like, you know what? I feel very encouraged and I think that I should keep pursuing this tomorrow. So a few of those along the way for sure. Yeah. You're so, yeah, you're describing, you know, these ads that you got to be a part of, you know, t- TV yeah. shows, uh, shout out to pretty little liars. Cause I mean, yeah. that was one of those, like, <laughs> I still see people post about that sometimes. I <laughs> was one of those shows that like, uh, uh, uh my wife, you know, it was kind of like, you watch, Aggie, I watch Aggie <laughs> football games with you every Saturday. Like I'm going to watch this show. Yep. <laughs> be a part of it as a family uh, we're watching pretty little liars together yeah. <laughs> cool. so uh but yeah there's uh the way you're describing there's definitely like there's a business side to what to yeah. what you do as well and trying to kind of make these yeah. you know make these connections you make these inroads to be to have these opportunities um, yeah has that been a challenge for you to kind of learn that side uh, of the industry oh, and in your profession or did that did that come naturally what kind of a adjustments or things that you have to learn that's a cool question i don't like get asked too often but feels like it's about you know a lot of times it's been more than half of my time has been spent on thinking strategically about the business like i'm an entrepreneur this is the the product i'm selling is like this brand and these songs to people but i think um you know i've studied finance at school and like i enjoy the business world but that didn't very like specifically prepare me for the music industry the music industry is just a ton of nuance and history and it's changed a lot over the time that I've been trying to make songs professionally and so I would say yes it's been a major massive challenge but I also think it's been one of the most fun parts to me of this like the most satisfying to me is like number one I think is writing a great song in that moment in the studio when you're like starting to hear it on the speakers and you're like this feels real to me and then the next favorite is like sharing that song with people. I loved ones, but then also singing it on stage. And then I think like a close third is all the business strategy. Cause I, I feel like if I didn't choose music as like my occupation, if that was my passion in life, I think I would want to start a business of some kind. My dad is an entrepreneur and I just think that's the coolest thing ever. And yeah, it's been, it's been wild to navigate. I've gotten burned a couple times and uh, it's been painful in a way. Um, to sort of learn the hard lessons of the music industry about like what documents should you sign and what shouldn't you sign and always have a good lawyer is a thing that I've learned. But I've also been able to be creative at this shifting phase. Like there's something in the music industry that kind of developed around like the 2010 era. I'm probably getting all the history wrong, but it's called a 360 deal. It's where a record label will offer to sign you, but they basically get streams of income from every part of your career, from like your brand image on Lunchbox to your streaming to everything, touring. And that model has shifted a little bit to these different types of, some some people still offer that, some offer traditional label deals and some do like a licensing deal. And so it's been a fun journey to try to navigate that. And just this past like year, I have a new manager who's also entrepreneurially minded and we like to we call it just owning our story because I've had this unique situation where most people that like my music are in Asia. And so I've been able to sort of work a couple creative territory deals, which kind of weren't 
even a thing probably in the 90s. Um, it's not like you're going and doing a specific label deal on Indonesia and the Philippines and these things. And um, that's been one area that has been super fun to navigate the business because it's a lot of like at 11 p.m. having a phone call with someone in Southeast Asia or Hong Kong. We were talking to people in Hong Kong yesterday. And um, I just think that it's fascinating to get to meet other business cultures, um, people that, that work there and see where my music sort of fits into that. It's just, it's all a pretty fun journey, I'd say. Yeah, think about how the span of your career. You mentioned like oh, like around a decade now, over a decade yeah. now. And, uh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm at the <laughs> age where I still remember tuning into TRL, you know, and those, those yeah. days where, <laughs> yeah, you know, and like an album, like an album drop was still like oh. a huge, huge deal. And there's been such like an evolution on just how, yeah. like, how music is distributed really totally. and i'm and i'm guessing that just like in the 10 years or since you've started there's been yeah. a lot of changes as as well what's been kind of a big yeah. an, an aspect of your profession that you've had to like adapt or maybe put a little bit more fo focus on you know to kind of make more of an impact man i mean i kind of think I, there's a lot of specific examples that i could think of but i think the five mile view is just like I remember in college when my roommate got like this special proxy server so he could try out this cool service that was only available in like Sweden called Spotify. And I remember thinking like, this is the coolest thing ever. You can just stream the music. It's not like you don't need to own it on your computer. It's coming like the idea of the cloud and being able to stream music and then being able to do that in like a, a freemium kind of way where people in countries where they might not necessarily be able to afford a Apple Music or Spotify can listen to ads and then hear your music. I think the five mile view is that is it's just been this massive global expansion of the music economy. And I think for me, it's just been fortuitous timing because some of my songs happen to connect in like, um, like Korea, for example, which is this great tastemaker for Asia and the rest of the world. Like Korea is influential and in what do people consume and radio stations in California sometimes. And um, I think without the streaming world, I'm not sure I would be seeing that like globalized expansion that we're seeing. And I think that global mindset that I've had as an artist ha has uh, really benefited me from a business sense. And that's been a major adjustment from the very beginning. Like I never in a million years when I graduated college would guess, A, that I would get a water bottle commercial in the Ukraine or something way back then, <laughs> but also that I would be singing for an arena of people in Jakarta, Indonesia. Like I had never thought that I would ever go there um, before. And I think Spotify, Apple music, like this move into streaming has just changed the whole game because there's kids way across the world that can hear my music the second it comes out. And just the same way as someone who also lives in Texas can interact with me. Like I can interact with somebody in Korea on my Instagram because of social media, like it's just been a, massive shift with technology and that, that's another big one that's like is a part of my business is social media and I didn't really anticipate that's never been my like favorite part of music but there was a definite attitude shift probably three or four years ago when I was like you know I need to stop resisting this I always kind of had that artist mentality of like I just want the music to speak for itself like I work so hard on these songs I want if it's going to translate people will find it but I've started to learn man like Instagram, Facebook, all that kind of stuff can just really help you connect to the people that are listening to your songs. And I've found so much encouragement. Like every day I get messages from people that are just 
unheard of amount of sweetness and and just reminding me that like oh the songs that i write and the meaning that i have behind them can translate to somebody way across the world and mean a lot to somebody in a different way and to sort of be able to see that on social media and personally respond to people all the time because i'm not like at this level where i don't see it all coming in some days like i get a lot of messages and i don't can't get to everything but i can see most of the most of that stuff and it's just been a crazy encouragement and like the beatles didn't have that at all they're like relying on the foreign press or whatever they couldn't at all interact with individual fans like that so it's been a, a major shift i'd say if you crazy. remember off the top of your head maybe uh because you mentioned you know fans in korea you mentioned uh, yeah. brazil earlier yeah can you think can you remember off the top of your head maybe a certain interaction you've had with a fan from um, um, across across the world that kind of impacted you man so many different ones but i, I yep. can even say like especially indonesia was just like a place that I've, i never guessed that i would visit and i've just gotten some really specific messages um that have moved me to tears you know like some people that just take this song that i wrote like in my apartment with an annoyed neighbor downstairs and through all the toil and the ups and downs of like believing in myself and being discouraged and everything that like then that sort of all culminates a year later into uh, I remember seeing at this festival I played in 2019 in Indonesia this little girl like at the front and they have their phones over there I don't know if it's a thing that concerts everywhere but like a lot of people had their phones and they would have like a message scrolling big enough to where like the artist could see it and this little girl had a thing that said you know your music saved my life and I have seen a lot of messages like that of people with depression or are dealing with just really dark times and seeing that like my music kind of made a difference. And that, that one, like I almost like broke down on stage. I saw that and I just couldn't believe it. And I see it a lot in my phone, but to see like that girl's face right there was just really moving. There's been a lot of moments like that that have just been, I think God reminded me like, Hey buddy, there's a something more to this it's not just about like hey you can earn a living with this rhymes that you write <laughs> you know it's something right. meaningful about it yeah it, it makes me want to bring up your your current single out yeah play it all on me yeah because it there is like a sense of uh comfort and, be and beauty thanks to it that when i was listening to it just yeah like i said it just brought this sort of of comfort and in ease i guess, oh, <laughs> um, I guess just kind of the day the day-to-day -day life and yeah. i'm just fascinated to know just as someone who no, who has no knowledge of the <laughs> the song songwriting and music creation pro process? Sure. What was what what was the process of making a song like your current single? Um, how yeah. did it how did it compare to maybe a, a past song like a, like Zombies? That's more like like fun like fun totally. and upbeat, and you're just like having a good time. What is kind of the difference yeah. on how you go about creating songs like those? Oh, I love that question. Cause you know, what's part, part of this is like having been making music where it's funny right now, I'm seeing like opportunities to be like on this emerging artist list and like new artist things and stuff like that. And, and then there's part of me that's like, I feel like I'm old, like I've been doing this forever and I've been just writing millions of songs, but right now it's sort of like getting opportunities like that. So for a lot of people, it's like the first songs that they're hearing. But for me, I've found like one of my ways of keeping myself, um, motivated is to just write try to write a variety of styles and explore just something anything I'm interested in and make something sonically pleasing so sometimes those are fun upbeat like dance kind of songs I just love like making zombies or making a song for makeout jams playlist or whatever but I think 
there's something in these songs like lay it all on me there's been a few over the years there's one called wild world that was like really meaningful to me and um one called hallelujah too that seems like there's like a little bit of a bigger picture that i want to share like a little of my heart with people and you know this lay it on me song like it is interesting to try to write with variety but like when i write i don't just use i don't usually finish a song in like 45 minutes sometimes it happens you know and you write the whole thing and you're like wow that was oh super easy this is great but I am a classic kind of overthinker and I think it serves me well in a way sometimes um, in my writing. So I will spend, you know, six days getting the lyrics right now, just diligently, like just crack away and write a hundred verses and find the ones that I like the best, you know? Um, and sometimes when I do that on like a song like this, that's maybe more meaningful, or sometimes if there's like a sadness to it, um, I can get into that sadness. So there's like another one that I'm working on right now that I think is going to come out next year. And I, I was working on it for like about eight or nine days. And I just had to take a little break because it was just, it's just a song about missing someone. And I was thinking about like, I've lost some friends and family over this, this pandemic and everything. And it was putting me in a really heavy place. So that was, I'm, I'm giving you a lot of long-winded answers, but that was a long way of saying like, I try to really put my heart into that moment. And so for Lay It All On Me, that was this thing where, over the most of the bulk of the pandemic year, when it was like people are quarantining, Bethany and I like stayed in a lot. And thankfully I was able to do my job, uh, I think efficiently, effectively from inside the apartment, but it was a heavy time. And like, for me, I was going through a really like low point. I had some like issues with like an international part of my business that was just really hard. I even talked about it with like my cousin, Chris and Danny, like they're, they're great like older bros um to me they're just great advice givers and thoughtful guys but I was going through a really rough season and Bethany my wife was just so supportive and this song laid all on me like I laid it all on Bethany <laughs> last year and there was so many nights of just staying up late and talking and I would get off a late phone call with Asia at 11 and then we'd talk for two hours about it and it was just a heavy season and then all of a sudden that issue that I was kind of dealing with got settled up and everything was okay. And I felt like this massive weight was lifted off of my shoulders. And to be honest, like, I think Bethany was holding up both of us for a little minute there. Like I really needed to lean on her. And then she had like a tough season and I was really reflecting on like, man, she was so, she loved me so well during that. Like, I want to be that for her. So this song specifically, I kind of actually wrote it quietly because she would be working in the other room since we're quarantined. And I was like, quietly singing this little song on my ukulele because I kind of wanted to give it to her like as a little gift and eventually she heard me recording parts of it and everything but I kind of waited she teaches dance till I, I recorded most of the singing while she was gone because I wanted to just play it for her uh, in the car and just say hey look like you just gave me this massive showing of love and selflessness this last year and I want you to know that like I I want to be that for you too and so I tried to specifically write this one for her, but also just as a reminder to both of us of like, isn't it a beautiful thing when you're going through a rough patch to have someone else there who cares about it? And I know not everybody has that love in their life and the benefit, but so the song might not apply in that same way, but it's just sort of to celebrate the fact that like, man, even in the darkest hour, I got you here by me. So that was sort of where that song came from. But definitely had like a tear or two during that season of just like sharing it with her and thinking about how much this last year, how much we kind of had to grow up a little bit and um, learn to like 
learn to let go and, and let somebody else help you. I'm so used to like doing it all myself. And um, I think this season, that's one big thing I've learned is like, it's okay to let some of it out on somebody else. That's why, that's why they love you too. You know? <laughs> right. The way, uh, yeah. the way you described kind of uh, thinking on those things and kind of being in that space, it almost kind of reminds me of like, almost like the way like a, and an actor prepares for a role of just kind of yeah you know, get you know getting into that space and like really kind of digging into yeah. the psyche to come and uh you're talking totally. about some like you you know you're mentioning you know hard times that you experience that you're having to kind of draw yeah. back on and yeah you know, and think on and able to kind of have kind of have it in your mind and be in that space to be able to create what uh we yeah. end up creating when you're i guess when you've reached like as you're making it if you reach like a breaking point for the day for time for the day yeah uh when you're kind of like in those really deep deep spaces do you need like a minute or something like do you need like a <laughs> night to kind of like get away or so like something oh, to kind of like lighten up i guess how do you kind of Definitely. you know how do you kind of level level yourself out when you're kind of having you know to really kind of think back on pain you know painful or hurtful experiences or, or hard times man that's a that's an awesome you're so good at asking these questions, man. You're so good at this podcast. I hope it's the biggest podcast in the whole world. You're so thoughtful <laughs> with the way that you approach all this. Oh, um, I, I'm going to add another like, plaque to my purchase. What would you yeah. mean just that quote? <laughs> <laughs> I mean it, man. Thank you for asking these, these great questions. Like, I, I don't know. You know, it's not like this big thing that I'm dealing with all the time of like, man, I went to that heavy place because most of my songs are lighthearted and I like to write songs even like this one smile, I've seen so many messages about like this song helping people get through their depression and stuff. And like, I'm admitting in the song, I think clearly in the lyrics, like I know that a smile is not gonna like fix all these big deep issues of the world. But the idea is like, you can look at yourself in the mirror and make a funny face and it can kind of like remind you like it's probably gonna be okay. Or at least for the 15 seconds, you give yourself a little break. That's useful, that's restful for people. And so, for some reason, I've seen that song translate beyond the sort of like lighthearted way that I wrote it. But um, there are times when I try to go a little bit deeper and, and get into that darkness. And I, I definitely, especially this new one that I'm working on for next year's project is, um, was especially heavy. And, and I definitely needed a little minute to get out of that zone. But I, one just like feature of me is I just love running. It's one of my favorite hobbies and um, pastimes so like every morning I run and I use that um, sometimes I listen to podcasts or music and sometimes I use it as like prayer time or usually every day a little bit of that time but I just think a lot of that time being out and being physical and in the sunshine kind of helps my brain to sort of reset and and I'm admittedly like a very emotional person and I think I didn't maybe know that about myself as much um, until these past few years and I see now like oh that makes me well positioned to sing emo songs about love and stuff like that and <laughs> sadness. So maybe that's a, that's a good feature, but I'm just like a very sensitive uh, person. So sometimes when I'm writing a thing, I can feel myself like welling up sometimes and be like, okay, you're being a little lame, crying at your own song over here. But I kind of think it's important to go all the way there uh, with my own emotions to be as honest as I possibly can with the words that come through. Um, Cause you know, lyrics, for me, like the music part is so much more natural, writing the chords and melodies. Like I can come up with chords and melodies like all day long. I can just spout a million of those things, but sitting with lyrics is not as natural. And so it's important for me to spend the time and get in sort of the right um, heart positioning and mindset to write something that is truly meaningful and doesn't just 
fit that melody that I like and rhyme or something like that. You know, I like it to be special. Um, yeah. When, uh, when it comes to like to your lyrics, you know, and, and really the song song creation, do you, yeah. uh, do you reach a point of like, this song is complete, this is done, or is it more of like a leap of faith? Like, all right, yeah. I'm gonna, I think I, this is a spot where I can move forward with, you know, yeah publishing, you know publishing it so uh yeah how, how do you get to that point where a song is ready um yeah to Man, put out there i love that part of the process because it's gotten a little bit easier i will say over time it's terrifying i think to kind of put yourself out there especially on like a meaningful song that maybe reveals a little bit of darkness or something inside me when the, the image that i'd like to put out is like i'm happy sunshine guy all the time um so there's a little bit of a fear element but then also on a sonic level like how does the audio sound? Like how good is the mix? It's so subjective that it's hard to tell. And so for a long time, I worked with like one or two guys in New York. Like I was going back and forth to New York almost all the time and super enjoyed that. And I learned so much, but part of what I would do is I'd record these demos at home. And I was always like, okay, I'm not the like audio engineer guy. I don't know about that stuff as well, but I can make pretty good sounding demos, but they're not like real sounding. And then I would bring the demos up and we'd spend a few days with one of my friends up there who's like a great audio engineer and another guy is a mixer guy and we'd get them sounding like top notch. And I would always feel confident at the end of those, like once I had down to my last like 10,000 notes about every little song, check the last box and it's like, okay, I'm ready. But then there was like a turning point. I recorded this song Flower and I was, got it to basically like what the song version is like on Spotify now. And I showed it to Bethany and I was like, I think this is like one of the best songs I've made. I can't wait to take this up to New York and like, they're going to help it sound like really good. And Bethany, we were listening in the car and she was just like, dude, I don't know if you need to bring this one to New York. Like, I think it sounds pretty good. And she's such a great barometer because she's not especially um, like, she doesn't understand chords in the similar like music theory way that I do. So her saying like it sounded done, it reminded me, I was like a lot of people who listen on Spotify or YouTube it's subjected to them. They don't know if it's like at 85% mixed and could sound this much better or something. And as a business choice, I thought, well, I might explore trying to do some of these hundred percent myself just to sort of see what the reaction was. And um, wild enough, like people have really responded to that song and it's like charted in different countries and stuff like that. And I was like, you know, maybe I do have some of these tools and I had learned quite a bit over the, over the years about mixing and engineering and stuff, but um, it's hard to decide when do I hit that 90% metric or something? But as I get further along into the process, I've started to realize it's so subjective. People aren't going to necessarily know how good it could have been just a little bit better. And I also remember, and this is a part of my like mixing technique is like along the way, as I'm making songs on my computer, I bounce them out. So it's called like when you, you know, you know that from podcasting, you do the bounce at the end or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then I send it straight on Dropbox to my phone and I sit right here at this desk and I just listen to it on my iPhone speaker because I'm like, you know, almost everybody who's listening to this stuff is going to listen in their AirPods or on their phone. So like, if it sounds good on there, it's more about like the quality of the song rather than like the quality of the audio and like our audio file is going to love this on their speakers and whatever, but I definitely tested on like the phone, my car, did multiple cars, multiple headphones, all different sources. And I, I toil over it a little bit, but it's gotten a little, little easier for me to be like, all right, press the button, send this out to everybody. It's done. <laughs> that nice. used to be way harder for me to do. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Man, that's uh, yeah. that's just incredible to kind of get a glimpse uh, into your process. 
Uh, Thanks. My final, uh, my final mu- music question for sure. you uh, before we wind things down. You've made some uh, references to some future releases yeah. coming up. I won't kind of dig in and say like, what, what is it? Um, but <laughs> is there any kind of teaser or glimpse on kind of what you know yeah. what listeners, fans should uh, should be looking forward to uh, coming up from you? Dude, yeah, I'm, I'm excited you asked that because we actually have some pretty good plans. I, I always am getting asked all the time, like, when are you going to do an album? When are you going to do something that's not just a single? And, and honestly, like the singles has been a business choice. It's because like, I feel like more people will pay attention to it if I kind of release one thing every several weeks or something like that, rather than be like, I worked for three years on this album and here it is just one random Friday. And then what if Taylor Swift like releases her album that same Friday, you know, <laughs> you never know. So I've always been a little hesitant to put together a body of work, but we're actually planning for several things like projects with more than one song on them to um, be coming out over this next period. And one's coming up pretty soon. And so I I know that there's definitely going to be more music videos coming. I had a meeting with someone yesterday. We're about to film the next music video. And um, I just like, I'm looking at a folder on my computer right now, like a bunch of songs. And we've just kind of like sent our entire plan because I signed to Warner records in Korea and um, they've been so helpful, but it's, it's also like interesting that mostly I've not been involved with the label and this label, they kind of need you to send the plan a little bit earlier and you have to sort of stick to the plan because you told it to them. Um, so we've just kind of sent our whole plans up until the end of the year and definitely more songs. And it looks like, I think vinyl is going to happen. Might get some of my music on vinyl record will be cool. Um, so yeah, lots, yeah. lots of stuff coming up in the works. And I think I'll probably make an announcement about it pretty soon too. I'm oh, very, very exciting. You heard it here first. Yeah. So yeah, uh, heck yeah. <laughs> um, that's, that's so cool. Uh, well, for each episode, um, I like to wind down with, with two questions for, cool. uh, for each guest. Cool. So I'll hit you with the first one. What's a moment in your life uh, where you felt like the coolest person in the world? Oh man. Well, I guess there was this there was this one moment my cousin Luke, who's also Danny and Chris's cousin, um, also he came over to Indonesia when I was going to play this like it's the only time I've ever played in an arena, and it was such a crazy feeling. I don't know that it was like my best performance of all time, but <laughs> I think the song that mattered like in Indonesia they at that point they knew like this one song honeymoon, and I remember like right before I went on Luke is just he's like my best friend and. He's just always been so supportive, but he's not like in the music, into the music scene the same way. Like he likes jazz and like some different stuff than I normally listen to, but he's just always been such a great friend to me. And Bethany couldn't come on that trip. And so Luke was like, dude, I'll come with you. I'll meet you over there. And I remember just right before I went on, I like had my like in-ear monitors on and like they handed me my wireless mic and like there was pyrotechnics at this thing. There's like flames shooting off of the thing. And uh, they're like, announced my name and they're like Johnny Stimson and the whole crowd is just cheering and I just remember like bumping it with Luke and and just being not really like that I felt like the coolest person in the whole world but mainly being like man I'm glad that I'm not here alone sometimes those trips like over to Asia are so fun because I meet these amazing people that and experience culture but it's those are expensive trips and not every time I can't always like go with a buddy and to be able to experience what felt like a milestone moment for me with one of my like real close people from home my family like that was just a real significant moment i don't know if luke even knows like how much that meant to me that he came to that but i did feel like the man like for two seconds there (laughs) (laughs) that's incredible um and then second and uh lastly 
Um, yeah. What's the last thing, uh, big or small, that brought you joy? Oh, the last thing, big or small, that brought me joy? Well, there's been a couple things already just today that are that are teeny tiny, but lots of joy. Like my run was awesome this morning, but but a big one for like this week um, was you know we moved into this new place and I had a big project which was like organizing my closet and I was just like I don't know why in the back of my mind I think I was a little worried about it because I'm gonna have to throw away clothes and I'm like a hoarder I don't want to throw away anything and Bethany um, I was starting to do it the other night and I asked her advice like do you think I should hang shirts here or do this thing and she works with clothes in her business a lot and she was just like I'm gonna help you do this and she like got a glass of wine and uh, we just like had some music on and she helped me do this whole closet project and it was so helpful and that's maybe a small thing in the grand grand scheme of life but like we spent hours working on it together and it was just a sweet time and I don't know it was kind of a reminder of like wow I can't believe we're like in the new house and kind of starting this new chapter of our lives here together and it was just special to get to do that part together because she and I were really independent and like I'm setting up my studio she's setting up her office and to get to kind of like do that part together was awesome oh that's beautiful (laughs) perfect way to end it my list of questions like goes like out the room and stuff because I'm so fascinated uh, by it and I feel like I only kind of like scratched the surface on a lot of things but this was an incredible just kind of glimpse into your to your world as someone who's just like a big admirer of what you do um, but definitely is not gifted in in those things (laughs) I just uh, I just love kind of getting this getting to see just how how things work uh, on that side and uh, getting to see uh um, a little peek into your artistic process. So it was a, yeah. an honor to get to listen and uh, thanks for letting me be a part of it. Man, and can I just say too, like I sincerely think that you're so good at this. Like I feel like over the years I've gotten to do a lot of good interviews and talking about like things like, okay, when did you first start learning music and everything? But it's just really unique and special to have somebody, I think maybe a part of it too is like we've hung out before in the past, but we don't know each other at that well I think that like this format I love listening to podcasts because I like going deep and I like talking about like this passion of my life and I kind of feel like selfish I didn't get to ask you a bunch of questions uh (laughs) today I know this is the purpose of the podcast but like man it means a lot that you would ask such cool questions and even like be interested in my life is so cool so So thank you you well you have huge fans for life uh here uh here in Richardson stuff so and we can't Heck wait yeah. for uh, the announcements that you have ahead and just the new the new things uh but i'm um Thanks, i just man. have i have your current catalog just on repeat right now so it's, oh, it, dude, it started it started it started it started as like research and like wanting to get like re- or, you know reacquainted <laughs> with everything and yeah. now it's just kind of turned into like my daily drive now so oh man you so rule. thank so thank, thank you, you again <laughs> thank you again for co- coming on and yeah. uh yes and just be- best of luck on the project moving forward Sounds great, man. Thank you so much. Thanks for doing this.